Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast, the community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. My guest today is the president of ACT Incorporated, Advanced Coaches Training. He specializes in projects and training in these major areas, addiction and low-income, high-risk, indigenous, the Native American community, educating and counseling in mental health, mentoring. And he has Zoom rooms and sessions that are available worldwide to include North America, Europe, Asia, Africa, and South America. His understanding has expressed the insights regarding the three universal principles of mind, consciousness, and thought as uncovered by his teacher, Sidney Banks. Ladies and gentlemen, Harry Derbisky. Pick up on the conversation as Harry jumps right into why we're no different if we can see love. All that stuff evaporates in a second. Yeah. It's always the same answer. Love will always wipe away prejudice, wipe away everything because we all we you know certainly from what we understand is just thought but it's 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 also we are naturally spiritually connected and we can feel that we can feel that connection and it if you don't think about it it's not there i had a really this is was an interesting experience i i was at uh, the first three pgc in florida and we, it was at this incredible resort. Oh, it was gorgeous. Just, uh, and I, I had, so they, they gave you a room and it was like two suites, like t- almost two houses in one. Over, <laughs> you know, and, and, and the other was this other guy, Tony Wilson. And uh, we just hit it off like, wow. And we just couldn't stop talking and sharing. And then after about a day and a half, we're sitting at night and I, I, I opened up and said, oh my God, you're black. I had not even, like, we, it was so interesting what we were sharing that, the, that I hadn't even related to, to anything of that sort. And he, and he says, well, of course I'm black, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know but, but it was because you notice with, when you're sharing a feeling uh, with your talks, you step out of your body. You step out of your concepts because everything that you understand about the principles is it's spiritual. Yeah. And that doesn't have the body in it. It doesn't. And it's, it's so funny because that's exactly what a large portion of the military experience feels like. It's like when you walk into the room, we walk into the room and judge you by uniform color. You know, so blue is the Navy, so you have a way of thinking. Green is the Army, so you think this way. Air Force, we're the smartest. We got it. We know it. And it's so funny that you have to go through so many other descriptions of a person before you get down to color in the military that you forget when you walk around and move that that exists in society. That's that's a deep, and that's a true experience. That's exactly the way it works, you know, type of thing. Yeah. 
My first best friend when I was five and six years old, I come from Winnipeg, the middle of Canada. There's no black people there. And, but there was one family that had moved into the neighborhood and he and I were the two best athletes in, in, the, in, in the whole area. I could beat him by this much every time running. But I would go over to his house and I never understood this at first. His dad was just thrilled that this little boy, Jewish boy would come running, running with pleasure and glee to come and we would play and they'd bring out food and we'd have this great time. I never related to, it was just, it was just a lots of love and lots of fun with, with these two little boys doing the stuff. But yeah. when he brought out the boxing gloves and knocked the shit out of me, I didn't like that. <laughs> oh, man. I love that. So you're, I can, I could feel it in you. That's been the, the premise of your work is just seeing the humanity and, and anybody, the, whether you're working with them or just getting to know them. So kind of, I have this thing of, you can always stay connected until you choose to disconnect. And you disconnect by placing one of those descriptors in between us. You disconnect by placing the political affiliation between us. You disconnect, like all of those. Just speak to what does that feel like when you do your work and the results you see from just starting from the place of you know, we're just two human beings. Well, I, I only deal really with the spiritual nature of the principles. Okay. So I, I'm not a psychologist. I've never taken a psychology degree. I have clients in every continent in the world. Okay. I do amazing projects. That, uh, I've initiated projects in Denmark, South America, uh, addiction, alcoholism, three principles, highly successful. So I'm kind of like a scout that goes out there and, and finds new terrain. And then, I, then the army comes in. <laughs> okay. That type of stuff. And, and the reason uh, I do that is I don't like to follow. And, and I also, I don't, uh, uh, I don't like to do too much psychological stuff. Okay. I, I'm not interested in problems with people. And so, like, I had a client who, who came to me, paid me, a, I, I do a lot of pro bono work, but she, she, she wanted to pay me an anxiety. And I figured, well, that should be about five minutes and that, <laughs> that, that should be it, you know, type of thing. And yeah. so we did 10 sessions where she basically got it after two, but I never once talked about anxiety. I didn't even mention the word. So I'm just looking to, to lift the feeling so that people see their own beauty. And that's yeah. it. So it, it's, it's like once they, once people recognize where that feeling is coming from not that it's see the the big where was i stuck because i'm an original student of sydney banks i worship the man rather than the essence of the message mm. so that was that divider you were talking about yeah yeah the man so i felt good because i was in sid's company i felt good because of what I had heard from Sidney Biggs. I felt, unfortunately, that wasn't his message. Yeah. His message was, it's inside you. I didn't get that message until he died. I had, he had to die for me to 
except the fact that I couldn't phone him up. And so I was, and, and, and then I, I had been left behind and that proved to be uh, a wonderful experience. As you probably understand, sometimes when you're beaten or you're, you're looked over and stuff, when you rise again, like a phoenix, you have tremendous gratitude. Yeah. That type of feeling. So yeah. the gratitude I had was that I must share the, pur uh, the purity of the principles, not the success of the principles, mm -hmm. the purity of the principles, and, the, and would Sid be pleased? And I know what Sid's message was, see, I heard it, and then I thought about it. Yeah. Guess how, what, what, hearing it was clean as yeah. a whistle, the yeah. thought about it was like spider webs, hiding it type yeah. of thing. And a lot of people in 3P do that. And so, so I, I, so when I went out, the first thing I noticed was people loved that I had fallen. They loved that, that mm -hmm. it wasn't just, I heard really deep and that wasn't my journey. My journey was I heard up, down, in, out, in, out, in, out. Mm. And so it wasn't until I became content with myself as an ordinary person with nothing, nothing, that I became back inside. And then there was a, a question. And here was the question that turned my life around. Back again, back again to understanding Sid's message now give me a time stamp around this this time when you ask yourself this question just for context what what well, time? in 1976 okay i had this spiritual oneness experience got it all right total silence for four or five minutes where i wasn't here except in consciousness and i could hear everything so that's what mind is Mind is silence. That silence where you're, where you're con your pure consciousness, exclusive of anything else. Nothing else. Not this, not that, whatever you're thinking about. And so I understood at that point what I wanted to know. And that was, what is spirit? That was my journey, my connection to God. What is that? mind or spirit because i call it spirit because of course i i have a lot of exposure to the indigenous and consciousness but thought i was still a loose cannon okay all over the place because i didn't didn't grasp that that particular part of the experience and so when when the movement changed from salt spring which was the essence of sid's message to psychologists, everybody went in that direction. I couldn't. It was A, I had already got stuck, put my, you know, it in my feet, and I couldn't go in that field. I just had no use for it. I didn't see why you had to talk about problems, etc. And where was the fun? 
Uh, I, I'm an old guy, but I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything unless it's fun. Fun. Yeah, what's the point? I just don't get it. You know, why would you want to do that stuff? I had to then continue my search. So I stayed a, a, a close friend to Sid and go in and out in the business side. So in the business, I'd go in and out. I just couldn't, couldn't quite break. And I was out and I went in the indigenous world where it was mystical, where I opened up to portals that I, I couldn't get through Sid. Like you opened up to portals in the army that really set, it wasn't all just discipline and, you know, a yeah. sergeant. And, there was mm -hmm. stuff. And you mentioned, you know, you some some of those things. So there, there became my journey. And then I got left behind. So for 40 years, I basically, I was a close friend. I was sharing with the indigenous, but I really didn't get the message because I was stuck on the man. I was highly intellectual. I was not breaking my bad habits. You know, you know, I was a good person, and people knew, recognized the good heart and stuff. But when I came through that at sixty-nine, so we're talking twenty-seven to sixty. That's a long, <laughs> long. It was a neat trip. It was a great trip, but it it was a lower level. I was stuck, yeah. and the question I that that broke free for me was, what was it like? when I was really listening to Sid? And that was the question that I was listening to the Genesis talk by Chip and, and by Elsie, primarily Elsie and then Chip. Okay. And, and I had a sense of something and it, it just, that question came up in my, and I went and I went back to it. And guess what? It was just waiting for me like a dove. Yeah. It had never gone away. I hadn't been wasting my time. I just had a lot of things to learn along the way. We don't all start equal, you know. Yeah. We all, you have, I have stuff, you know, whatever that is. And then when you broke through, all of a sudden it was like you were always there. Yeah. Same for me. I was there, but I didn't have that, that, pure listening state and i changed like that i love the story when you said the rocky road after the the awakening moment because i think i've only told this probably one other time the way i came through the principles was through michael neal when it hit me there was nothing intellectual about it it hit me square in my heart i couldn't explain it couldn't couldn't articulate it but i can move in it i remember coming away from that trying to be more like Michael, like you say, in and out, in and out, in and out. And I remember when he became a human being. And, and that's when you became a human being. Yes. When he wasn't so high on a pedestal because, oh, he's this great man who understood something to show me now how my life has came together. Him, 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 uh, which I still love him dearly, but I understand it was mine through him to me, not him. Like he made that abundantly clear for me, even to the fact that I've, I've, I say to myself, I just, just want to make him happy because he's a mentor. And one day he smiled at me. He said, don't you think it's pretty cool 
that people are starting to hear your voice? Like not his, because everywhere I went, people was like, oh, I know you. You're the guy from Michael's thing, or you're the guy from Michael's thing, or you're the guy from Michael's thing. And, I, and I'm okay with that. That doesn't bother me, you know. But he was most excited when he started saying, people are hearing you, and not hearing me. That's and, the most important thing that you can share with people on your show is that you have to listen to yourself. Yeah. There's going to always be a lot of bullshit. Your freedom is only, I'm writing this book. Uh, I'm just about finished it, Evolution of Addiction Recovery Reopened. It's my second book on this topic. And, and on it, it ha the first book is, is like this. It's called Addiction, There is a Way Home. And that, and you're going mm -hmm. towards the light. The, the, second light book, yeah. the second book, this guy, it's all in color, and he's like he's standing on a, a little inlet of water, and it has his head. And that addiction, there is a way to total freedom, and and that total freedom only comes when you trust your own instincts. The fact that you've learned from Michael Neal, but the essence of it is the man who told Sidney Banks the release of his spiritual. First, his psychological insight that insecurity is just a thought, still believes, still believes he hurts it tremendously, ruined his whole life. He still, he actually went and made a special trip, flew over to talk to Sid, to tell him how sorry he is and that how misguided Sid is. Obviously, the messenger. <laughs> wow, that, I've never heard that. The messenger is not. It's spiritual, yeah. you know, and, and Sid heard, wow, do you know what you just said? Two or three days later, Sid had his enlightenment experience. It was very short, and there were tears on his eyes. This, I, of course, I was not there, but from both Barb Banks and from Dave Banks, I heard, you know, what they experienced. And I remember his, his wife saying, well, he was saying nonsense, you know, like, but she said there was a difference. Something about his appearance was like a glow or something. And she, she paid a little bit of attention. But she didn't get it right away. And, and, and she got it. She saw it too. And then she became the devoted, perfect mate. You never saw such a beautiful couple together. Yeah. And she said, well, why don't you find a beautiful feeling inside yourself? And then take another look. Mm. And so she was always there supporting. This was a story I want. I wanted to tell this story on here because when you did that gorgeous uh, show with all the psychologists telling their stories and so on, that that gathering that you had. The original, you, yeah. Yeah, you got people loved your your sharing. Loved how you shared that you were you were just perfect and real and real and so i wanted to share <laughs> you know like the old club you know <laughs> you know type of, and of course that was a beautiful feeling that people really and they enjoyed it a, a lot but so this was what i was going to so sid sid and barb were like perfection and you know the the idea of sid had to give up his job to go up to salt spring island he would he wouldn't do that without talking with her and sharing with her. And then the same thing with with the set, everything that he he did. She was she was just there 
he'd be talking, she'd bring tea and stuff in, in the living room and it was all, it was just beautiful. And the, so Sid had what you call um, grounding through Barb, like she was that, that piece. And they went to Florida and at Jan and Chips, she died. She had a, a plate in her head. She was a beautiful woman, but slightly, you could see there was something there and it was like electricity. It just, there was a disconnect and she, she was gone. Nothing, this is the, nothing ever affected Sid like that. It's the only time I saw Sidney Banks on his knees, like really shook. And that, at that moment, with, with that, he came back to Vancouver to be with the old Salt Spring crowd. That was the last time he did that. He came back because he wanted that old Salt Spring feeling, That's that spiritual community, undeniable friendship, uh, solid spirit, spirit. And so he hung out until, and then he moved, and then he moved to Salt Spring, no, to Hawaii. And, then, and, but, and he was alone. And then he put out a talk called The Three Principles and he was still weak. He, you could hear it. And he, 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 so he took time off to recuperate and it didn't come easily. And then at a certain point he realized he had to start sharing. But it wasn't that strong Sidney Banks. It was the human being was suffering, had suffered had been, you know what I mean, eh? Had yeah, been had really, been boxed around. Yeah, but it was his time to come out and share. So he came from, he still was good stuff, of course, but but it wasn't, you know, you could feel that, that there was a an altering. So that was the most major event in his life after his enlightenment. And, and, and then about six months later, I got a call from uh, Marika Mayer. She says, Sid's over and he wants you to come over. Well, of course, that was always uh, exciting for me. I just loved any time to have me in his company was always shh. And, and you know, I, you know, we had, I, most people were afraid of Sid. And I wanted to find that for you. It's tough to be around an enlightened human being. The energy is so high. So you're afraid of the unknown or mm -hmm. within your, you have this, Again, what is fear? Something in your head. That's what fear is. Something mm -hmm. in your head. And you're stuck. And, but I wasn't really afraid of Sid. I, I, I'm such a smart ass, a pain in the ass, really, with what <laughs> people, people would describe me as. But, you know, I just, I, I wasn't, because again, even then, with the, all that energy, I'm not saying I never was afraid, because I was. Something, but, but I would, uh, mostly I, I, I had an understanding. If I was uh, myself, I would hear something. And if I was anybody else but myself, I'd get nothing. Mm -hmm. That was for sure guaranteed. The only time I ever got any, and a lot of times I got nothing. Absolutely. But I had a good time. Yeah. I had a, you know, ooh, that was great. But nothing. And so... I go over to Marika Mayer's, and I've known since I've seen him with clients and stuff. They always have a, a certain energy, which you know about, right? Yeah. yeah. 
This woman didn't have that. Different energy. He has this silly grin on his face. You know, I'm going, what is, I, can, can, and I, I spent, you know, an hour, hour and a half cup tea. You know, he likes tea. And, uh, and, I can, and I leave and I go, oh, that was Judy Banks. <laughs> but her last name was, I said, oh, it's a girlfriend. It's a totally different, <laughs> a different thing. And, and, and so he starts a brand new relationship with with this woman and he's romantic and uh all this type of stuff and and he teaches her things and and i remember he had a work party i didn't like this at all this this part of the story this is bad part of the story i i go i go up to them and i say something and she says something he says oh good you're seeing his trip I said, oh shit, now she's seeing what I'm doing, doing wrong. It, or, you know, in my ego or whatever, or my, yeah. ego. and I go, this is gonna be lousy. This is even worse than before, you know? So, so you see that was his resurfacing on that human level with what he needed. And with this, with this brand new, totally different relationship was so beautiful to see you know that develop in him that was to me that was what i was going to introduce when to, for judy banks because she made such a difference and then when san jose which is sid's last big public talk and i was lucky enough to to be smart enough to go down and fly down and and see it he was very weak very physically weak very very weak and but he's still sharing. And he wasn't sure at that point, Rob, how it should go out when he died. He knew he was dying, but how, how was he to leave it? And it was really mixed up. And his, he was dealing with a lot of pain and fatigue and weakness and stuff. But he, the most important thing, he only cared about one thing. No, he wanted it to get big, Rob. He wanted people like you to come into it. He would love to share that he'd share a friendship feeling with you, but but he he cared only about the purity of the principles, mm -hmm. not the size. So he so the process was the psychologist would come, take it out, take it an ownership of it in within their own image, and they'd break it down, and and then a lot of people would leave and get smaller again, and then they'd go again, and 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 that was the process. The difference now is there's no Sydney Banks to kick the bums of people. Yeah. And the, the process of it had, it went out and oh my God, the psychologists have done a great job. Oh, it, it really was the way. And in his unpublished biography, uh, Rob, he said, distinctly said, he did not choose psychology. Psychology choose him. Mm -hmm. I did not choose uh, indigenous, indigenous chose me. I did not, uh, you know, I'm known as a person in the addiction field. I didn't, I have never been addicted. I never have a psychology, not even one psychology course. And it's my second book on, <laughs> you know, on addiction. Yeah. I just wrote the other book two years ago and I went, why am I writing another book? I don't want to write enough, but spirit said, write. So I wrote. And 41 chapters later, the book is done. 
you know, just the final editing. Harry, what I love so much about everything you've shared is that, yes, this is the first time I've interviewed somebody who's been on what we would consider if there was a different side of, of how the principles are presented, but I still got the same feeling. As me, a new practitioner and, and coming into my understanding of this, it's, it's the feeling, that groundedness you can't get away from. Whatever you're coming, it's always the same thing because there's yeah. only one God and it's always, an, it's, you know, form and formless is just one thing together yeah. in, in, its, in its expression of, of that. But what you brought in, uh, Rob, when you, when you came in and was this diversity images stuff, I remember there was a dance uh, at, in Minnesota and this black musician comes on i don't know nothing about his christian guy yeah. <laughs> i don't know nothing about the three principles but i sure know that feeling you know <laughs> and he's belting it out and and stuff and people are dancing all it's not diversity what it is is the wisdom of the diverse that's where the power mm. you got a 26 year old Muslim from Casablanca and a 74 year old Jew from Canada. Perfect blend, obviously. You know, it couldn't be. No couldn't, problem, right? No, no problem, problem at all. No, no problem there at all. And, but then, and then you have me who's, who loves the different ways of, of approaching God. And I start listening to the Muslim people. Oh, it's so beautiful the religion it's so gorgeous i had I, I was a blank slate i didn't know anything about it it was perfect i and you hear this gorgeous stuff and and all that happens as you grow see the okay. wisdom of the diverse teaches the status quo where the newness is and we the status quo teach the wisdom of the diverse where the wisdom is and together and here is a teaching from the Koran. The reason God broke us up into tribes was so that we could appreciate the different points of view of the same thing. Mm. And I thought, gee, that's nice. It's not just to you know learn, it, it appreciate your point of view from the military is different. I, we're, we're Canada, we don't, you know how many people I know who have been in the military, Rob? How in many? Canada? Zero. Oh, wow. That's different, isn't it? Yeah. Can I tell you a Muslim story? Absolutely. It's Rumi. He's, he's, he's a poet who has unbelievable wisdom. Like, But here's the story. So Shams is like Sid. And he's a, a, a Sufi. A, living with nothing and stuff and 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 Rumi is this famous guy through the known as the wisest of the only trouble is he knows he doesn't have the answer mm. and Shams comes and lives with him and he, Rumi's just in heaven like imagine if you were staying a couple of weeks with Sid yeah wouldn't that be cool yeah that'd be real cool I'm telling you that would be cool so he's living with Sid, except his name Shams. 
and uh, Sham says to him, I want you to go to the pub and get a, a couple of bottles of wine. Only problem is in the Muslim religion, it's forbidden to drink. And also his reputation is impeccable. He's, he's the sort of a, a white knight on a white horse type of thing. And he says, oh, gee, I don't really, but it's shams. Like a Sid would say something, you do it, you do it. Honest, you would do it, you know? And so he went to the pub and the first thing, there's this drunk there and he sits down and talks to him and, and he says, wow, this guy is rich. He, see, he only knew rich people. Mm. <laughs> because he was, he had, he was born into rich and he was already, and I said, oh, this guy is really, this drunk is really interesting and, and stuff like that. And then he, he goes and picks up a couple of bottles of wine. And of course the rumors, you know how gossip is in the army. You think, take my word for it. Number one problem in an, an indigenous community, what's the number one problem? Gossip is the number one problem. Okay, gossip, got it. Okay, and I mean it. So gossip spreads through, so his reputation is ruined because people have, how can you be a religious leader if you buy booze, et cetera, et cetera. And Sid had to bear with that too, you know. He's just an ordinary guy, you know, who's happened yeah. to be enlightened, you know. Shams, he comes back to Shams and, and, he, and Sham takes the two bottles of wine. Said, oh, I see you learned your lesson, breaks the bottles, no need to, to go any farther. I thought that was such a cool story because I could feel that in a way that's what Sid did. He'd say to me things like, because I had a lot of bad habits. If you talk to people, lots of bad habits. <laughs> I consider myself maybe Sid's toughest student. I'm really a, a pain in the ass. I've learned more from Sid in the last year than mm. I have in all combined together. And the only trick you need is don't think. Don't, don't evaluate. If something good happens, move on. Don't get, just don't. If that was the problem, I would have something good and then I would think about it. I think myself out of a good thing. Out of it, yeah. And that's what happens to people. And then if you go through a tough time, don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> as, 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 as much as you can. As much course, as you can, yeah. As much as you can. And, and, and so you, you, don't, you, you start to have an intuitive guide. Intuitive. That's all I understand. I like it simple, really simple. I don't want to put any form or any, but I had to learn about thought and I learned that from the psychologist. And here's the most beautiful thing. You ask me, how can I, how do I relate to people so easily and stuff? Well, it's a lot different teaching people in 3P about addiction versus a recovery home. Recovery yeah. home is, Heavy. Heavy, yes. In 3P with addiction, there's a lighter feeling. And when I'm dealing with clients, I don't just deal with addiction. Most clients come to me for other reasons than addiction, but it may be part of it or may not. It doesn't matter because I don't see addiction the way other people see it. And But what, what I love is I don't particularly like to teach the thought feeling paradigm, you know, yeah. type, type of stuff. Uh, I, I understand you, it, 
because I, I still feel it's kind of like fixing a problem rather than uh, uh, dealing with Sid's message, which is that it's a spiritual reality that sits inside you. Yeah. you're included harry yeah 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 but didn't get it you know i'm included while i'm with you sit yeah you know type of thing it allows me the freedom to just point people to their own beauty thank you for listening to today's episode for more information about the podcast please go to 3pgc.org if you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.